Well, hello and welcome to another edition of the e-commerce evolution podcast. I'm your host, Brett Curry, and today you are in for a treat. Now, if you read just the description of this episode and you did not look at the pictures, you may think that this was like a friend's reunion or that this is flashback to your time in high school or college or something like that. It's actually going to be a little more practical, a little more helpful than that. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Instagram marketing and how to use Instagram to grow your e-commerce brand. We're also going to talk about influencer marketing, which is something I'm really excited about and something I really actually know very little about. So I was telling my guest, the head of the, the podcast, that a lot of times I'll ask questions for the benefit of the audience where I already kind of know the answer, but I'm just asking to be helpful. In this situation, I'm going to be asking questions because I don't have a clue. And so uh, I'll be learning right along uh, with you as you listen. This episode of the e-commerce evolution podcast is brought to you by OMG Commerce. Hey, that's my company. Uh, OMG Commerce is the primary underwriter of the e-commerce evolution podcast. And we're excited to do that, excited to bring this content to you. A quick offer from OMG Commerce. We are a Google Premier Partner. So we're in the top 3% of all Google partners, one of the fastest growing in the world last year. Uh, if you would like a second set of eyes on your Google campaigns, whether that's Google Shopping, Search, YouTube, Remarketing, or the like, we would love to talk to you. Love to schedule a strategy session. Love to look at your campaigns and provide ideas for improvement. Also, Amazon. We would love to talk to you about your Amazon ad strategy and have an Amazon audit for you, uh, complimentary for listeners of the e-commerce evolution podcast. Our Amazon department is led by Mr. Chris Tyler to find out more about the way we approach Amazon campaigns. Go back and check out episode 39 as we do a deep dive and look at Amazon advertising. But we would love to help you with either of those traffic sources. And so if you're interested, go to omgcommerce.com, click on any of the services, and there's a quick form to fill out right there. And now back to the show. My guests today are Ross and Rachel from Trill Media. Uh, I was a little bit, I was a little bit bummed that uh, uh, Rachel didn't even know the Friends reference until several <laughs> months into their relationship. But we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But uh, Ross, Rachel, guys, thanks for coming on. Really excited about this interview. Thanks for having us. Yeah. Thanks for having us, Brett. Yeah. So we we met in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. We we're both speaking at Ed O'Keefe's event. I uh, got to hear you guys. I was blown away by. Your wisdom and insights, and so I think I was even uh, emailing you while you were on stage, like, "Hey, I got to get you on the podcast." And so, so here we are. So we're going to talk Instagram and influencer marketing, but but really, you, uh, Rachel, you did make me feel old uh, as we were prepping for the show. Uh, my wife and I are huge Friends fans, but is it true that you didn't even know the Ross Rachel connection until after you guys were together for a while? I seriously didn't. And I mean, I blame it on my parents for not letting me watch a lot of TV when I was younger, I guess. But <laughs> we were going to coffee shops because we were kind of like coffee shop hustlers at the point when we yeah. first got together. You know what I mean? Like buying coffee every hour, not trying to get kicked out, trying to get for some free Wi-Fi. Yeah. And um, every time that we would put in our names for the coffee, they would be like, what? Are you serious? Your names are Ross and Rachel? Yeah. Where are Chandler like, yes. and Monica? When are they going to show up? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I see. I didn't understand any of these jokes. Finally, Ross told me, oh, you know, that's a show, right? <laughs> and I was like, oh, not just a show, guys. This is like one of the most popular shows 
of all time. But but really, Rachel, you not watching a lot of TV, that, that was probably a good call. Better better things to do with your time. I turned out okay. Everything's fine. <laughs> so you guys are co-founders. You launched Trill Media. Give us a little bit of the background. So how did you guys get into to Instagram marketing and influencer marketing? What was the, the quick journey leading to this point? Well, for me personally, I was the first person at my high school because I was in high school when Instagram launched to actually download the app and start using it. I realized right away that it was going to be like the next social media platform that would probably get big. And I didn't have any scientific data to back that up, obviously. I just thought that I loved using it. It was really user-friendly and I would become in love with it. So I continued to use it throughout, you know, growing up, trying to get jobs, whatever, living my life and became kind of a freelancer since I had some digital skills like graphic design and and stuff like that. So as I graduated and moved on with my life, I did freelancing for income. And through that, I just learned that people wanted to grow their Instagram accounts. They were asking me, hey, can you make Instagram graphics? Hey, can you, you know, help me grow my account and get some more clients and things like that? So I started you know, charging like 50 to 100 bucks a month <laughs> or nice. services like that. <laughs> nice. Hashtag don't know N- my value. Enough to pay um, your, your coffee bill and that's about it. Yeah, just trying to get lunch at that point. Yep. Um, yep. But I didn't realize that it was going to become such a big deal until more and more people were asking me for it. And I didn't understand why at first, but then as I learned more about business and digital marketing, I realized that audience building is such a superpower. And without an audience, a brand can easily suffer. And so I learned that it was a big skill and I just continued to do that kind of on the side until I met Ross. And Ross had kind of like, I'll tell you, let you tell your story. Yeah, we kind of had like almost like a parallel path as well. Like I was doing very similar things. We were both doing digital marketing, freelance. Um, and that's kind of actually part of the reason like, you know, we did actually meet on social media. Yeah. Um, nice. It's funny, but yeah. And then, so we kind of ran into each other and we were like, well, maybe this is like a, like a real thing. Like maybe we should, you know, start building some of our own accounts up. So we built like, uh, like a luxury brand on Instagram. We built like a travel brand. Um, we, we grew them to like over a hundred thousand, like pretty quickly, like inside a year. And then, uh, yeah, just more and more people started asking us like, how are you doing that? Can you help me do it? And we were like, oh, okay, this is like, there's a lot of interest here. So, um, we started working with a few people and then more and more people started asking about it. So we kind of just like, let's just turn this into an agency, start doing this, start hiring people, building our team. Um, and it just kind of went from there. That's awesome. Uh, Rachel, what was it about Instagram? So you were in high school, which is crazy to me. You were in high school when Instagram launched. What was it about the platform that made you say, Hey, this is going to likely be the next big thing? It felt like a different culture than Facebook did. And I think that that's why people continually use Instagram and Facebook, even though they have very, very similar features and very similar functionality. You know, Instagram is really just a photo and video sharing app on the surface. But really, when you get into it and you start using it, you realize that it's more than that. It's an experience sharing platform. And through that, you can actually get to know people. You see a different side of people. There's Instagram stories, which, you know, allow you to have a behind the scenes look into your favorite influencers lives and things like that. And, you know, at the very beginning, even though they didn't have those features, I just realized that it was kind of a more private platform than Facebook was at the time. And I liked that. I like being able to share a photo and meet people and use hashtags and become discoverable. And that was something that really set it apart from Facebook as well at the time. And, you know, Twitter to a certain degree as well. You were very discoverable and you could get to know people through their media that they shared. Yeah, what's interesting to me, and I, and I I do use Instagram, but I also just like to listen to what people are saying about different platforms. 
And and one of the things that I've heard a few people mention, or several actually, is that, you know, sometimes when I get tired of being on Facebook because everything gets political or people are ranting and raving and it's kind of nasty and I, I leave with a little bit of a downer sometimes. Right. I can go to Instagram, I see people's vacation pics, I see their food pics, I see more more fun stuff. And, and, and there needs to be an outlet for both. And, you know, long live Facebook. I think Facebook is still an amazing platform. But I think there is there is kind of this appeal to Instagram that it's maybe a little more fun, or a little more lighthearted in some ways than than Facebook or other platforms. Yeah, I agree with that. And I think that people who use different platforms are expecting different things out of that app. You know, on Facebook, I share most of my business uh, related material, very like tactical how to's. And then I find that that thrives on Facebook. But on Instagram, I find that people wanted to get to know me as a person more. They like it when I talk about mindset and they like it when I talk about myself and my life. So people use the platform for different things. And I think understanding that as a brand that your users want to kind of enter into an experience rather than just look at your photos and look at your ads is is really important to understand. Instagram is so powerful for building relationships too. Like what we've found is you get so many DMs on Instagram. I think it's like easier for people to feel like they can reach out and connect with you on there than like on Facebook, especially now. Yeah. Now, why, why do you think that is, Russ? So why, why, are, more peop- why are people more likely to DM you on, on Instagram? Well, I think it's just like a little bit more personal. Um, like the engagement rate is like, compared to Facebook is much higher on Instagram. I think it's like four or five times on average uh, compared to Facebook. And so you have like almost like more interest. It's more like engaging. People feel like more emotionally connected to you. Cause I think that people, unless you're a very good copywriter, people connect with like images very emotionally and very like easily, like anyone can connect with an image emotionally, but you have to be a great writer for someone to connect with you emotionally through your writing. So like, I think that Instagram just kind of has more power in that sense. Yeah. And from a user interface standpoint, it's just easier to automatically direct message someone. Like when you're watching their stories, you can just type in a little message and it can immediately send things like that, make it easier for you to outreach. And I think that's, they did that very intentionally to make more engagement happen on the platform. Got it. Rather than having to send a friend request, wait for that to be approved, exactly, and then send the yes. message, that type of thing. And so, so when you when you're saying uh, you see more direct messages, do you mean with brands as well? So people are more likely to DM a brand on Instagram than they are on on Facebook. Surprisingly, Absolutely. yes. <laughs> Surprisingly, yes. Just to learn more about the product, or even to learn more about the brand, like, hey, how can I get involved? Whatever. Um, that's where we find most outreaches from actual influencers or micro influencers as well. They DM the brand before emailing. It's just like kind of a more. Um, it's like a mini email. It's a little bit easier. It's a little bit quicker. People would rather do that than email normally. That's awesome. I did not, I've never DM'd anyone on Instagram. So I've already learned something that's fabulous. Um, I, I totally agree with, with what you said in the, in the beginning. I believe it was you, Ross, talking about audience building and how important that is. And, and really, I love this shift. And I think I heard this from Ryan Dice first, although many others have talked about it, is that really brands need to also view themselves as media companies, right? So you're not just mm-hmm. providing a great product, but you should be a media company. You should be connecting with your audience because the biggest value, the biggest asset you have is your customers, right? Your customer list, that that, that community, that audience that you have. And so uh, we're going to dig into that. Obviously, I want to dive into your tips and things like that. I know you guys have a, a wealth of knowledge to share. I'm curious, though, it's sometimes kind of fun to start with, 
you know, what, what are the mistakes or blunders or, or where do, you know, old crusty people like me, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually, I'm only in my late thirties, but you guys make me feel old. So, uh, but where, where do, where do we, those that don't know Instagram, where do we go wrong uh, on the platform? I'll go first with one of them. Um, I think that people over promote, like it's their job sometimes on Instagram with really terrible graphics. So like posting like a picture of your supplement and saying like 75% off, click now, like scarcity, scarcity, get it now quick before the sales over and like huge text. Like I see this happen all the time. And like, like brands, like they may be like very good at like Google or ads or whatever and driving people to their page that way. But when it comes to social media, I feel like a big mistake that they have is like not creating that experience, not getting people to buy into a lifestyle and just like hammering them over the head with like graphic promotions. Like if you ask anyone, like how many pages do you follow that are 100% advertisements and graphic images with right. sales on them. Right. Like nobody is going to follow that, which means that people aren't engaging with your brand in a meaningful way on social media. And so it's very, very like deterring because it's all take, you know, it's kind of like, um, Gary Vaynerchuk's like jab, 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 right hook thing. Like yes. we always say like, you should have like a 10 to one ask ratio you should be giving 10 times as much as you ask. And being able to provide like high quality content, like lifestyle content, um, even working with influencers to get them to create content with your product and posting about it, people using your product, things like that, rather than just like, here's a stock photo of my product. Yeah. We're doing 30% off. So please follow me and like, please just buy because that's <laughs> the only thing that I care about. Yeah. It, well, it's it, so interesting because we talk to a lot of people who come to us as clients or whatever. They're like, oh, we're crushing it with paid advertising, but we don't have a clue what we're doing in organic. We can't seem to build a relationship with our audience. And we sometimes have people hire us just to build a relationship with their existing audience because they don't know how to do it. And I think people forget that just like if you had a personal brand or if you were selling to anyone on the street, people organically on social media are not expecting to buy from you unless they know, like, and trust you. So doing all the things that Ross just mentioned, you know, proving that your product is good using influencers, uh, having conversations with the users who engage with you, you know, reply back to your comments. Those are really, really simple things that you can do to make you seem more approachable, more likable as a brand. And some really, really good examples of this are Bulletproof and Four Sigmatic on Instagram. They're posting really, really powerful media. They're posting high quality images. They're engaging back with their users. They do giveaways, they do promotions, but it's not shoved down your throat. They always give more value than they ask for. And that's something to, to keep in mind as well as you grow. It's just, yeah, it's just about not being super transactional. Yeah. You want to be more transformational. You want to be able to provide value in the lives of your clients, your customers, and people will feel that on social media, especially on Instagram. Yeah, it totally makes sense. And if you think about, you know, we talked about kind of the nature of Instagram and, and why people are there and what they're looking for. You know, I'm kind of, a, I'm, a, I'm like a wannabe surfer, maybe even less than that. Uh, I, I snowboard <laughs> on occasion. I live in the Midwest, so I don't, I lack opportunity, but I have surfed <laughs> one time. And, and so, but I, I want to learn, like it's one of my goals. And I, I followed several different surfing groups on Instagram. And some of the pictures are, are totally awesome. Like, you know, VW van with the sun setting and palm trees and surfboard on top yeah. and cool stuff like that. And so you, you're scrolling through and you're seeing all these amazing pictures. And then here's this really bland picture of a, you know, dietary supplement with 30% right. off. And so it's just kind of a, it's an interrupt, but not in a good way. And it, and it kind of disrupts uh, what they're doing. I'm actually looking at Bulletproof right now. And so, you know, for people that don't know Bulletproof Coffee, so that's, they kind of 
started the trend of putting healthy fats in your coffee. So grass-fed butter, MCT oil, things like that. But they've got some awesome pictures. Like they've got pictures of their product, but they also have, you know, pictures of like a couple, you know, with, with mugs and the sun rising over the mountains and, you know, cool stuff like that as well. I want to add something onto that, if you don't mind. Yeah, please. You said something really important there, which was that you want to be a surfer. And what you did was you went on Instagram and you followed a bunch of surfer people yeah. so that you can be inspired probably to go surf and like get involved in that culture. I think that's a really great point because that shows exactly what part of what Instagram really is. Instagram is such an aspirational platform. Like if you're uh, someone who's trying to lose weight, you will go on Instagram and follow people who are in great shape because you aspire to be like them. And brands that can capture that, it's really powerful when they're able to do that and create a lifestyle that you aspire to be like, because then you, be, you become like a huge brand advocate because you want to be more like that. And that's really part of what Instagram is all about. Like these big brands and these big fitness professionals and these like, you know, a fitness professional, for example, is a very easy way to think about it. Like they're in amazing shape. I'm not in amazing shape. I'm going to go follow them. So every day when I get up and I look at my phone, I get reminded about my goals. I get reminded about who I want to be like, what kind of life I want to have. And that's why people follow travel brands. That's why people follow everything on Instagram because they're aspiring to be something more than what they are. And that's really powerful if you're able to understand that as a brand and craft your content in a way that displays your lifestyle and your values and your beliefs and you get people to buy into them. That's fantastic. That's really, really good. So, so being transformational, not transactional. I love that. And aspirational. It totally makes sense. Like that's, I think that's one of the reasons why, like if I'm, if I'm stressed or something, I like, I often don't go to Facebook because I know Facebook is maybe going to feed that. I'll go to Instagram because then I can look at surfing pictures or snowboarding or whatever and just kind of, kind of chill. But so, so not being transactional, what, what other mistakes do you see people making, or maybe they're not following the, you know, give 10 times more than you, than you ask any, any other mistakes or hangups that you see people making? I think that people sometimes neglect the basics and the foundations. And I encourage whoever's listening, not to roll your eyes when I start talking about this, but it's really, really essential that you get your bio in good shape, meaning yeah. you describe what you are, who you serve and what your credentials are. Like, do you have social proof? Do you have, you know, have you been featured in a publication? Do you have PR? What can you say to someone in the first five seconds of them viewing your profile that will make them say, OMG, this brand is for me. Or are they going to say this isn't for me? Because you do want that polarity, right? If you're selling hair growth vitamins or whatever, um, then you want to make sure that you're appealing very, very strongly to your ideal customer, not saying, supplements for the modern person. You know, you want to be very, very clear about what you're selling, who you're selling to, obviously. And I think that a way you can do that is by putting that information in your bio, being clear on your story highlights. I think that this is a feature that not a lot of people are utilizing yet as a brand, but in Instagram right now, you have the opportunity to create Instagram stories. And now you can actually save those stories into a highlight, which means that it goes on your profile and it stays there forever. And you can make up to like five to seven of them. So think about this. What if you had a highlight for your products and you just gave them a lineup of here are our products, here's what they do. Then you had a highlight for testimonials where you could feature people saying amazing things about the product. And then you had another highlight about something else, et cetera. You can create an experience really, really quickly just by having your profile fundamentals in order and taken care of. That's something that I recommend to every e-commerce brand or personal brand or brand in general to get sorted out as soon as possible. I have two great things to add on to that. One is that story highlights 
Um, and Brad, let me know if, if you don't know what these are. We can explain them a little bit more. I, I think I think that actually would be really good. I I am familiar with what a what a story is to a certain degree. But yeah, if you could if you could just kind of back that up and explain exactly what it is, how you create it, that would be awesome. So story uh, Instagram stories are like fifteen second clips or they're pictures, and you just add them on. It's kind of like they disappear in twenty four hours if you don't save them. And you can there's like basically uh, underneath your bio is like this little circle. It's a kind of like an icon, and you can save those stories, these fifteen second clips or images, into like a sequence on this icon. So when you click it, it opens up just like an Instagram story would, and you can click all the way through it. Now you can add like. I mean, like 30 to 50 or maybe even more, like unlimited, unlimited four hours worth of content. (laughs) Probably not going that (laughs) way. Now, I encourage people to think about this. Like this is an opportunity if you're strategic to basically create a sales process. Mm -hmm. Like it's almost like you could take your sales page, break it up into 50 small clips. We'll have someone be like, hey, you know, um, what's my coaching program all about? Or what's my product look like? And then literally like break down your sales page into a sequence of like, here's what it is. Here's a testimonial. Here's someone using the product. Here's this. Here's what the product is. Here's where you can get the product. And you can actually have people like swipe up from there and literally go directly to the page. As long as you have, you know, there's some requirements that you have to have like 10,000 followers on Instagram and be a business page. Um, But a lot of e-commerce brands can get that pretty easily. And it's a really powerful feature. So even as you're going through that kind of sales process, you can have people swipe up for like a discount after they're already indoctrinated into what your product is and like sold on it through client testimonials, information, um, like basically sales copy and things like that. So doing that on Instagram highlights is super, super, super powerful. I don't think people are utilizing that and seeing it that way. Also, one more thing about um, something that people are doing wrong on Instagram is I think people just have the wrong mindset on Instagram. Like we get people all the time. are like, look, I want to just get 100K followers. Like I want to get 100,000 like right now. And growth hacking your Instagram is like really cool and stuff. But I think that people forget that all of these followers are real people. And getting 100,000 real people to like on an email list or something I mean, that would be pretty crazy to gargantuan. That's huge. That's a, yeah, it's really hard to do. Yeah. And it's an asset. Like you have it, you have these people following you like an email and like, like an email subscriber. And if you don't, you know, continue to update them, they may unsubscribe. If you post irrelevant things, they may unsubscribe, they may leave you. So it's very similar to, in that sense, you're producing content and you're sharing it with them and they're basically subscribed to that content. So you want to make sure that you're always hitting their needs um, you're not being overly promotional the same way you wouldn't in an email list. Um, and yeah, so you just want to make sure that like people, um, <laughs> sorry, I just totally blanked out. Totally like cool. what my last yeah, we point can, was uh, right there. I was like, <laughs> he looks at me, he's like, you go. <laughs> <laughs> you need, you need a little more bulletproof coffee and that, and that's totally, it's totally oh, cool. Um, but actually one, one question and, and then we can circle back to that, uh, if it comes to you, but you talk about these these highlight videos, right? And so so piecing these together, and then maybe the end you can swipe up and start shopping. You mentioned Four Sigmatic and Bulletproof Coffee, and, and I'm just kind of browsing their Instagram on my desktop, which I know is not the way you typically look at Instagram. Mm-hmm. But but can you do they do a good job with those highlights, or can you think of other e-commerce brands that we should maybe go and just follow and pay attention to that maybe they are using uh, Instagram stories and the highlights? 
I think that in the stories, your job as a brand, no matter who you're talking to or what kind of business you have, is to continually solve and address the fears, pains, and goals of your target audience. So I think that, you know, doing that through blog posts, doing that through like sharing a link to a resources, a resource that your person can, you know, consume and actually get value from, or sharing graphics and updates and things like that, tip of the day, things like that, that are just easy to put together, but actually provide a reason for someone to continuously click on your story and get value from that. So I think that that's an underlying rule. I will say Bulletproof does an amazing job of doing their display of how they present blog posts to their audience through stories. Mm -hmm. Um, They also do, you know, story takeovers every now and again, where an influencer will show, here's a full day of eating of, you know, bulletproof diet. And they'll basically document their breakfast, lunch, dinner, then how they go about their day doing the bulletproof lifestyle. Now, what what is the story? What is the story takeover? Explain that a little bit. So, a story takeover is something that would be really interesting for a lot of the listeners to kind of put into their arsenal of marketing tactics on Instagram. It is basically getting someone, a representative of your brand, or um, an ambassador, someone who represents the brand well, to take the Instagram account, basically log in or create stories for it. And then you can add them yourself, but log in, create content that showcases how the brand fits into their lifestyle saying, okay, here's my, you know, if you have a cosmetics company, I'm doing an Instagram takeover. My name's Rachel Bell. I have a hundred thousand followers and I'm doing an Instagram takeover for this skincare company. Here's my skincare routine. And I take them through a demo of how I use products, especially the products from the brand that I'm doing the takeover for. And I basically demo it. Very cool. Very cool. That's awesome. Um, so I want to get into influencer stuff here in just a little bit. Uh, lots of questions there and, and sort of things I'm excited about. But let's just talk about, about growing your following. So uh, I personally am just using Instagram just to hang out. I'm not active there at all. Now I'm, I'm realizing how much I need to be active uh, thanks to you guys. But, but what, are some, what are some tips? How do we grow our, our audience in a way that's, that's authentic and, and maybe share some of the growth hacks that you have, but but how do we go from, you know, zero to multiple thousand, you know, we're getting a meaningful following on, on Instagram. So I actually remember what I was just going to say a second ago. Sorry about that, but <laughs> no, great. Um, I just, you were building suspense. You were building, you were building up. Yes, I'm trying to, I'm trying. And now people have been hanging on their seat. You're, you're closing the loop now. Okay, good. Yeah. I just think that like quality is so important, right? And we have a lot of people that come to us and are like, Hey, I want a hundred thousand quality targeted followers and I need it done in 30 days. <laughs> like, okay, Perfect, like, you know, sure. if you want to get huge numbers like that, it's going to come like less targeted a lot of times. And like, you know, if you want the really targeted, highly engaged people, they're more powerful for your brand. Even if you're, you know, just it's like about the number. People want the number so bad. And it's not really about the number all the time. Sometimes it's just about engagement. Like what's your engagement rate? If you have 10,000 followers and a thousand people are liking your photo every single time you post, that's insane. I mean, right, that's like, right, those are amazing right. numbers. Um, but if you have a hundred thousand followers, you know, and you're getting 500 likes on all your photos, like there's something wrong there. Like people right. aren't seeing your content. They don't care about it. Like you need to do some fine tuning. And so when a lot of people come to us, we have to kind of like pre-frame it and adjust their mindset in a way where they understand, like, it's not about getting like a hundred thousand or a million followers, like instantly. It's about getting like a thousand people who really, really care about your stuff. And so I think that people kind of come into it sometimes with the wrong mindset around what they actually want. Yeah. You know, they, yeah. what they really want is customers 
brand advocates, people who care about their products, people who talk about their product when they're not engaging with their brand. Um, so I think that just before like talking about the growth hacks and everything, that's just a great preframe is to talk about what the focus should be on. It should be on people who comment on your stuff, like your content, write you. And sometimes that doesn't come in huge numbers, like immediately, like the way that people, you know, want to see. Right. So, right. And to yeah, it totally makes sense. Yeah, go, go ahead, Rachel. Well, I was just going to say regarding growing that audience that does care about you, it's great to, you know, that's what we ultimately want as business owners, the people who are crazy about our brand because that creates sales, that creates impact. But regarding growing that way on Instagram and getting those raving fans, there are a couple things that we can suggest for anyone, no matter where you are in your growth journey on Instagram, that you can implement. Number one, you can collaborate with influencers and have them shout you out if they have a relevant audience and they have like a similar demographic following them as you would like to attract. So you can even just pay them for shout outs to grow your page. Say, hey, you guys should follow this person because they give really good advice or tips on this subject. Or you can have them promote your product, but just be clear about what your goal is with that. You can either choose to grow your page and have that be the main focus, or you can choose to sell product. They don't always equal the same thing, right? So you have to be clear about what you're asking the influencer to promote. Um, but that's one thing you can do. Another thing you can do. So to one, one your just quick question though on that, Rachel, and then this may be better to, to, to circle back to it in a little bit. And if so, that's fine. But, but how do you go about doing that? So how, how do you find the influencer and, and how do you collaborate with them? I mean, are, are you just finding someone and asking them to do a shout out? Do you have, do you have any tips there or, or do you want to come back to that? Let's circle back um, because that is a whole can of worms. And <laughs> if we address that, yeah, that's, let's do that in a second. Awesome. Um, but the other thing that I just want to drive home for you guys, if you're just starting your e-commerce brand or you have like, you know, you're, you're on Instagram, you're doing your thing but and you're making sales, but you really want to take it to the next level is collaborate with complementary brands in your niche. So another example I'm going to give with Bulletproof and Four Sigmatic is the fact that they do collaborations all the time because they're complimentary. They have similar audiences. They'll do a giveaway or whatever with Bulletproof products, Four Sigmatic Mushroom products, and then Primal Kitchen products, for example. And they all have similar audiences. They can all cross-pollinate, they create sales together, and they can share audiences, and that's really beneficial for them. So if you have other complimentary brands in your space, consider doing a giveaway with them or a contest or some sort of collaboration to grow your audience organically. Highly recommend giveaways. Yeah, and uh, an important po uh, point on that is the rules that you create around how someone enters your giveaway should always have some element of virality to it. Like they should always be high engaging. Like in order to enter, you need to follow these other brands that are a part of the giveaway and you need to like this photo and you need to comment and tag three friends and you need to follow our brand. So like tagging the three friends is like how you're going to get the reach um, something that we talked about at Ed's event is just like bringing in an influencer. So like if you're a newer e-commerce brand, you're like, all right, cool. Like we can give away products all day because it's, you know, for what it is, for what the giveaway is, like you're getting a product at cost. It's a lot less expensive for you to just give away product than it is probably to do like paid advertising to grow your brand. So what you can do is like, maybe you don't have a lot of people on your Instagram. Maybe you only have like, let's say 2000 followers, you're brand new, you have a product and you're like, like, all right, we're, we're ready to give away like as many as we need to, to get this to a hundred thousand followers. You can just pay an influencer who has like 2 million followers to do the giveaway with you and promote it to their audience and drive people back to your brand's Instagram page to enter. 
And like on your photo, on the giveaway, on your brand's page, you can tell them like, you need to follow our page. You need to tag three friends. You need to like this photo. And what's going to happen is that influencer is going to drive those 2 million people that are following them towards your page and really just like totally explode the traffic that happens for your giveaway and get you way, way more interest. Is that something, is there a tool that you use to kind of help facilitate that, you know, to, to, to check to see if someone did all those things or you're just, you're just making the ask for them to do that? Ideally, you would make it easy for yourself to choose the winner in a way that's fair and objective. So, for example, having a photo on your page that is the one photo that people need to comment on and they need to follow you. It's pretty easy to select a winner from that pool of people who actually engage with that post. So make it simple for yourself. Um, Probably don't try to select a winner out of like 40 different things if they're all in different places. Um, but yeah, it's very simple. We don't normally find it necessary to use different tools or whatever software is to choose a winner. It's just a question of having someone objective go in there, select a random person, and uh, then check out, see if they followed all the rules following you, and then it's done. Yeah, you could just do it randomly, or you could do like, you know, let's say you got 100 comments. You could just go on Google and type in like a random number generator, go from like zero or zero to 100, and then just like, okay, 64 was a random number I got. Whoever commented was the 64th person to comment. They're going to get it, you know? Got it. Got it. Awesome. So we so we got collaborating with influencers, getting them to do a shout out and kind of help promote it. Doing something similar with, with complimentary brands, which I love that. Makes all the sense in the world. That's really, if you go back, like just to good marketing principles, like this this is how business has been done, right? I remember I was telling my my team we do a Monday morning motivation meeting every Monday. And I was telling them stories about Jay Abraham, which you guys, do you guys know Jay Abraham? Have you, have you heard that name before? Yeah. 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 So he, he's a huge fan of strategic partnerships. And, and I look at when I was finishing college, I started listening to Jay Abraham and, and that's how I built my business. I started doing these strategic partnerships and I'd find markets or things, I, uh, you know, places I wanted to enter and I would find the leader in that space and try to partner with them. And, and so it sounds like that's exactly what you're recommending uh, on, on Instagram, which is, which is awesome. Uh, they talked about giveaways as well. Any any other tips for growth or anything you would add, anything you would clarify on, on those? Be super active. Yeah. Reply to people. Be in your DMs. This is something like I message a lot of brands for other people and stuff. Like we are constantly messaging other brands. So I work together and things like that. Like, and we reach out in Instagram DM a lot of times because it's very, very it's easy for people to communicate there. So many brands just like don't even open up their Instagram DM. Like they have sales sitting in there. They have people asking what their product's like, hey, I'm at the checkout. I just had a quick question. Like mm. you got to be in your DM. You should be in there every single day answering questions, letting people know that you're active, letting people know that you're approachable, mm-hmm. replying to comments, talking to people, um, all that stuff, posting daily, just being very active. Mm-hmm. is also very, very powerful. And consistent. Yeah. Trust is built only through consistency when it comes to organic social. Yeah. Yeah, totally makes sense. And so did you have any any tips there on what consistency looks like? I know I know there's a risk in being too formulaic. You know, we're, we're going to post three times a day or we're going to post, you know, I know I know sometimes that uh, isn't necessary to think about that specifically, but but any recommendations on consistency? How How often should you post organically? How should you think about that? Well, you want to think about what you're able to do in the first place, right? Like, you know, a lot of brands and they're starting out, they're like, Hey, we can do a photo shoot like once every two months or like once a month or something like that, you know? And then there are other brands that are constantly doing photo shoots. Like 
Nike is, you know, huge brand, like doing infinite photo shoots probably every single day. So it's like, they're never going to run out of content. But for a brand who's like trying to create these lifestyle things, they probably need to hire a photographer like once a month or once every other month or something. And it's like, you know, you have to think about what, how much content can you produce and then do maybe even just a little bit less than that. If you think you can post twice a day, post once a day so that you definitely post every single day. You know, you don't want to miss a beat. You don't want to be like, oh, you know, we, we posted too much this first week. We did three times a week. Turns out we can only do once a week. Now we, we don't have anything to post for two weeks. Exactly. You don't want to sacrifice quality for quantity. I mean, it is good to post, you know, twice a day, three times a day, just simply because you'll get more exposure algorithmically. However, um, if those two posts out of three are just ads or shitty graphics, you know, I don't know if we're allowed to swear on here. But, no, you're good. You're good. Um, bad graphics, then, you know, it's not it's not worth your time. It's not worth your followers time. So I would say don't sacrifice quality for quantity, um, but definitely do make sure that you're able to be active as a brand at least once a day doing a story or something like that. Yeah. And you just said something here that I want to I want to dive into just quickly and probably a question people are asking do I need a professional photographer? Do I need to hire someone to come in and really create these amazing lifestyle shots? What do you, what do you recommend there? Whatever it takes to provide value to your ideal client. For some brands, it's not necessary. For other brands, it's absolutely necessary. So I think that looking at the leaders in your niche, people who are already killing it on Instagram will give you a clear picture into what type of media that audience wants to consume and performs best. I think that you have to answer that for yourself as a business owner and say, hey, what are we able to do financially and what are we willing to do energetically and fitting that into a growth plan that suits you. But I would definitely take a look at the other leaders in your space, see what kind of content they're they're posting. And um, if it's not anything fancy, then maybe try to do it lean. But if it is really fancy content, do what you can. Got it. And just a couple things to add on to that, like a couple options people have that I don't think they're thinking about as far as creating that content goes. You can go hire like, you know, the best lifestyle photographer or whatever is relevant to your brand um, out there. You can spend a lot of money doing that. Another option is you can find like college students who are in film and do photos who are looking for money and, you know, or like sorority girls. If you have a cosmetics brand who takes super pretty blogging photos, but like don't have any money and they have tons of time and they're looking for a job and people don't think about like reaching out and hiring these types of people um, just because like maybe they're a little bit harder to find, but like throwing something up even on like Craigslist and like a local area for like, like, Hey, looking for a college student video person or a photo person to do like big project. Um, one other thing you can do too is like send your product to a lot of like smaller influencers who have good content you know, maybe you're like, Hey, we'll give away a hundred of these. Um, we'll try to get every one of these people to produce five images for us. Well, now you have like 500 images from people who know exactly what they're doing on social media. They already have a small following. They're already doing stuff that works and you already have validated by looking at their Instagram accounts that they have good content that looks like it's in alignment with your brand. So that's another way to source content virtually for free, just the cost of your product by sending it to them it does take a little bit of follow up. Um, it does. Yeah. It takes a little bit of follow up, but you're going to get amazing content that you already know is made by people who know what's going on on Instagram. Yeah. Yes. Fantastic. So let's circle back to this influencer idea. This is something I've got a few friends of mine that are using influencer marketing for their e-commerce brands. And so I'm following it. I'm, I'm super intrigued by it. I know this goes 
way beyond just like, you know, what the Kardashians are doing to promote their skincare line and stuff like that. But I think, I think a lot of people, when they hear influencer marketing, they don't really know what that means. And, and then, you know, they, they go default to the Kardashians or something like that. But how would you go about finding an influencer? So, so where should you begin? So, so I own an e-commerce brand. How should I start, you know, when I, when I want to dip my toe into influencer marketing? Well, it depends on like which direction you want to take. You can go like the celebrity route, right? You can be like, hey, I just want to have huge people promote my stuff. I'd rather just spend a bunch of money getting Justin Bieber to promote it. Some people just go in that route. They don't mess around with the smaller influencers. Uh, a brand that's just kind of trying to get into it and they're like, hey, you know, we're a little bit conscious of our uh, budget, maybe working with like smaller influencers, you know, 50, 100,000 followers um, might be a better kind of fit for them. And just to give you an idea around my pricing for that, generally speaking, uh, people who have a personal brand on Instagram, maybe like a blogger or something, they're going to have, they're going to want to charge around a hundred dollars or 10,000 followers that they have. So if they have 10,000 followers, it'd be like 100 bucks. They have 100,000 followers, maybe like $1,000. They may try to charge more because to be honest with you, influencers are generally not business people and they have <laughs> literal, they literally have no idea what they're worth. Like I've had people quote me like, it's going to be $6,000. And I'm like, there's literally no way. Or like, on the other end of the spectrum, <laughs> they say it'll be like $200 and they have millions of followers. Right, and, right. You know, they, they just don't know. really don't have any spectrum to reference as far as what they're worth. Yeah, yeah. But that's great. So so $100 per 10,000 followers or so in that range, give or take, then you know, hey, you're, you're not getting ripped off or taken advantage of if, if you're if you're around that or, you know, in the ballpark. Um what, what about, you know, how, how do I, so let's say that I'm, I'm not going to go the Justin Bieber route. I'm looking for someone who's maybe in that, you know, 10,000 to a couple hundred thousand mm -hmm. followers, somebody that's, that, you know, really would resonate with my audience. So how, how to go about finding them? Like, how, how do you, how do you take that step? So you could hire an agency or you could get a software. Like there's, you know, if you type in influencer marketing software, I think it's like a million and a half Google results come up because it's very competitive right now. People are trying to build the best software. All of them seem to be missing some core element from my perspective, um, you know, but they are getting better over time. And honestly, the fact that they even exist is amazing. So you go and get basically any influencer marketing software. A lot of them are pretty pretty good. Like I would, you know, I wouldn't really recommend one over another one. I think tap influence is good. Um, dovetail is good. What's that other one called? Uh, upfluence is good. You know, they have a lot of these big softwares and basically what they're, what they're doing is they're almost like data companies. They just scrape tons and tons of information from Instagram and they use AI and machine learning to identify, people's audiences, whether they're female, whether they're male, what countries they're from based on language and locations and things that they've tagged, um, and just the overall quality of them. So those are actually really, really good. They're not always going to tell you whether or not someone has like a fake audience, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, and actually, because of some changes with Instagram, with their like API, I don't know if you know what's going on with all that stuff with Facebook and Instagram right now, but basically they're like shutting down their API. Right, so like right. no one can really access it. So it's so many of these like tools, um, like socialblade.com. I know I talked about that at Ed's event, but it's basically like you could type in any Instagram account name, look at how many followers they're gaining every day, what their growth rates look like over time. Um, 
And that's been a great tool for us to identify like whether or not someone gained $400,000 in a day, which is pretty much impossible. But you know, that would mean that that person bought 400,000 followers and that they're not a real influencer. So if they're going to charge you thousands of dollars, you know, you want to know that stuff so that you don't get gypped. Um, but these tools, you know, there, I think that there will be a change soon, but as of right now, like the date of this podcast that we're recording, uh, a lot of those tools do not exist right now because of that whole API thing. Yeah. And it makes sense. And just, just, you know, in case you're listening to this later, we're recording, you know, kind of after the fallout of the Cambridge Analytica, uh, ordeal and, you know, likely some things blown out of proportion there, but, uh, it has caused some apps to get kind of closed off for a little bit. So we're maybe in a, in a, in a bit of a holding pattern on, on some of those deals, correct? Yeah. Yep, we are. So let me like just make it super simple. One of the ways you can do it is getting an influencer marketing software. And something you want to do, since these other tools aren't available right now, maybe they will be in the future when you're listening to this, but right now they aren't. You can always ask influencers who look interesting for their business analytics. So if they're a Instagram page and they have business settings turned on, they will have their own analytics in there and it'll show how much they're growing, um, what their following is, what their audience looks like, and you can get a better snapshot of what that looks like. If they don't have that, just probably don't work with them because, I mean, you're not going to be able to accurately identify whether you're spending your money correctly or not. So that's how you can do that. And then a lot of brands, what we found is like, we'll know at least like one or two influencers that might be relevant right out of the gate. So without even getting an influencer uh, software, we'll know like, oh, well, you know, this one person actually would probably be pretty cool for your brand. What you can do is you can go on Instagram, look that person up, and then there's this little like arrow next to where you would follow them. And it's just like a suggestion button. And you can like click it and it'll show you a bunch of related accounts that are similar to that account that you're nice. on. And you can scroll through there and look um, for free, no influencer marketing software needed at different people who are, you know, in the same niche or doing similar things, have a similar following. Um, and we've also found that that's a pretty effective way to find influencers. And you can just reach out to them right on Instagram DM. Yeah, just DM them. Uh, that sounds like that's a perfectly natural thing to do there. And then, and then, how do you, how do you recommend structuring the the campaign? So, so they're going to maybe do a giveaway. They're just maybe going to talk about your product. They're going to do a little demo of how they use your makeup or whatever. Uh, other other thoughts on on how you structure that, or other creative things you you've seen clients do with influencers? Sure. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty simple. Like when it actually comes to the campaign structure, it's just like you know you set a goal. And you want the influencer to do certain things. So um, we just kind of have like a bulleted list. Like, hey, we need you to take a photo with the product. Um, we need you to tag this brand. We need you to use this hashtag. We want you to post it this time um, or, you know, between this time and this time. And then you just write like a description of what the campaign is. You tell them a little bit about your brand. Um, something, a couple things that are really important to include are things that they cannot say about your brand. Great. You know, like, yeah. for example, if I'm selling gluten-free muffins, like, I don't want them to say that gluten-free muffins cure cancer. Like, right. you want to make sure right. you right. tell them yep. that they cannot say that, you know, this CBD product has THC in it and I'm super high. Like, you can't, <laughs> you know, you want to not say stuff like that. Um, and that's always good to outline in a contract. So very easy. You can set up like a, a template. What we do is we set up a, a template um, contract in HelloSign or DocuSign that we just create a link for and we just include that link in every campaign that we do. And it's basically just a general agreement that says like, 
you're agreeing that by joining this campaign, you will follow every single thing in this campaign and you are like legally bound to that. And in addition to that, another good thing to include in your contract is the fact that you have the rights to the image and that you can use that oh, yeah. in future advertising. Great. So when yeah. you're hiring an influencer, yes, you're trying to get sales and everything, but really you're hiring them to create an amazing piece of content so that you can automatically become trustworthy and liked by their whole entire audience. So that's something to keep in mind as well. When you're doing contracts, just include a clause that says, hey, we can use this photo, this creative media to do whatever we want with it. That's fantastic. And normally influencers are totally fine with that. Yep. Yeah. yeah. And you guys may not be able to, to talk statistics. So if you can, great. But can you think of some some client examples or, or, or you know friends or whatever that have just had an amazingly successful influencer campaign? And can you give any details there? Nothing that we can publicly share. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I would say that if you're trying to get stats, influencer marketing on Instagram is one of the hardest things to track. That's what I will say about it. Yeah. Yeah. Because you have one link, right? You're linking your bio, or if you're lucky, you can get someone to put an Instagram story about it. If they can do a swipe up, but even then you have to follow up with the influencer, see how many clicks they got within 24 hours of it disappearing. Um, and in addition to that, you can't really track anything directly with unique tracking links unless you give everyone a code. And then who knows if, you know, 30% of the customers didn't use the code, they forgot, things like that. So it's very, very difficult to track. Numbers are always hard. So you kind of have to be in charge of watching your stats as the campaign goes on. And also keeping in mind that there may be some aftermath that happens where they post and you watch the campaign for two days, you have a little spike, but then you don't realize that six months from now or a month from now, there someone else is going through their profile and seeing that image and buying as a result. Sure. So it's very hard to track in that way. And so that's what we found with as far as tracking goes. We have found though, like if you can break even on a campaign, like if you could tangibly break even on a campaign or even like 10% less than breaking even on a campaign, it's more than worth it, especially if you're doing some smart strategies. Like I'll just throw out a couple of cool ones for you right now. Um, just kind of rapid fire. Like you can have an influencer write an article about your product that's, you know, SEO optimized. They have a big blog, they get tons of readers and they can take photos like with your product in their blog. Then you can take those photos. You can, well, you know what, actually, I don't think you can do this anymore um, because of that whole Cambridge thing. But yeah, I don't, I'm not sure. Uh, well, talk about what you could do. Maybe it'll be available later. You never know. Yeah, yeah. The You can give them your pixel and have them put it on their blog for your Facebook. And then you can take their image and use it in your Facebook advertising to like reconnect the dots for them and retarget that audience with images of the influencer promoting your product. So they're really, really cool. And that's going to be highly trackable because it's an article, because there's a pixel, because you're building an audience within your Facebook and you can retarget. Um, and then you can very tangibly track the sales from that retargeting. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so a couple things, and we're, we're kind of running out of time, but this has been phenomenal, uh, really good stuff, very actionable stuff. I, I've learned a ton from this. Um, thinking about kind of the back end of this. So, so, you know, when you're doing some kind of promotion with an influencer, and I, and I know part of what you're looking at is you know, an increase in, in your own followers and there's going to be this, this ongoing effect. I, I would kind of label that as more top of funnel, right? Where you're getting people aware of your brand, getting people introduced to your brand, right? So you're not going to see, and I would totally agree with you, Ross, if you can get break even or close to it, there's going to be so many benefits after the fact that, that you know, that'll, that'll make it worth it. Um, but in, any tips you would give on, you know, 
landing page you send people to, you know, making sure you've got that page pixeled and things like that so you can you can follow up with remarketing. But 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 any other things you have your clients think about in terms of, you know, the, the kind of the back end, the follow up from these campaigns? Yeah, I mean, definitely. And I know this is going to be a really simple one, but definitely, definitely make sure that your page is simple and mobile optimized. Like we have worked with people in the past where their page was not mobile optimized. We're doing things like that. And we had to like be like, all right, we got to get this thing in like mobile optimized. It's got to look good on your phone right away, especially because like, you know, people who are on Facebook, people who are on Instagram, like they're on their phone. Like yep. when you go from that to that. Like if they're in a buying mood, you have to get them on a page where it actually makes sense. Everything loads, you know, things are fast. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not going to take eight seconds for the video to load on the page for you to sell them on your product. Like it's got to be quick. People have a very short attention span and they have very little patience for, you know, uh, load time and not being able to read what's on the page. And there's a lot of different things that can throw your audience off potentially like your menu placement. Are you, is your menu for your website taking up, you know, 30% of that initial front page or is it on the side, you know, things like that you need to play around with and split test to find out what's going to cause someone to go through the buying process a little bit faster. Um, also structure on where your testimonials are. If you are using a particular influencer, maybe having them again on the page yes. to reinforce yep. it or something like that is something that you can also leverage. Yeah, funnel consistency is huge. Like if you're gonna like promote something on Instagram that's got a particular feel, don't invite them to a page that's like completely the opposite of that or invite them to a page where there's like several other products. Like if they're promoting like a green juice, take them directly to the green juice page. Don't, you know, bring them to a page where there's like all the products. All the products and things like that. You want to make sure that it's a streamlined process. It's very simple for them. They feel like they are supported with consistency throughout it. And that you're reinforcing them exactly as Rachel said with testimonials, images of that influencer if it makes sense for that campaign. Um, and that you just have that consistency. Fantastic. That that is phenomenal, guys. Re- really good, really, really good. Uh, lots of tips to unpack here as people listen to this and, and may want to listen to it a couple times. Uh, so if people are listening and saying, man, I need more Ross and Rachel. I want to connect with these guys. I want to see what else they have to offer. What's the best way for people to get in touch with you? And, and do you have any cool free resources or things you recommend people check out? We can have everything that you need as far as like free resources, how to grow your Instagram. If you are looking to work with an agency on this type of stuff as well, just go to our website. It's trillmediateam.com. And trill is T-R-I-L-L, mediateam.com. And maybe it will have the link in the description or something like that. Yeah, yeah I'll put the link in the show notes. So if, if you forget or whatever, go to the evolution.com site. I'll link to it multiple times or so you can check it out. And then you just have a free ebook as well, right? To, uh, talking about Instagram growth. Yep, that's right. And so the free ebook kind of covers how to get your first uh, 10,000 followers on Instagram. And it goes through all the fun foundational things that we do to grow Instagram accounts organically and go viral and kind of get that organic reach. So you could download that ebook at trillmediateam.com forward slash PDF. Fantastic. Well, you guys have inspired me and convinced me that that our agency, OMG, we, we need to push our own Instagram and I need to get involved with my own Instagram marketing. And so that, that's awesome. And, and guys, do check them out. If you're, if you're in a similar boat to me where you're kind of been skating around on the kind of on the fence when it comes to Instagram, 
check out their resources, uh, connect with them, uh, you know, consider their agency. They do, they do amazing stuff. So Ross, Rachel, man, thank you guys for coming on. This has been fantastic. Thank you so much, Brett. Yeah, Talk thanks, soon. Brett. Absolutely. Well, as always, guys, thank you for tuning in. Uh, we'd love to get your feedback. Let us know what you'd like to hear more of or less of. Give us some topic ideas. What are some burning e-commerce questions you have that we can answer and address on the show? And with that, until next time, thank you for listening. At OMG Commerce, we accelerate growth for some of the most loved brands in e-commerce, like Boom, Native, True Earth, Overtone, and dozens more. If your Google and YouTube ad performance isn't where it should be, if you're struggling with Performance Max, or if you're not scaling like you'd like on Amazon, then we have two ways to help. One, we have amazing resources that are free for the taking, like our top YouTube ads guide with lots of examples, our PMAX checklist, or our Amazon DSP roadmap, plus many more. Or hit us up for a free strategy session. So go on over to omgcommerce.com and click on Let's Talk to request that free strategy session or click on Resources and Guides and pick the guide that's right for you. And now back to the show.